Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Dion Gordon Podcast. I'm your host, the connoisseur of common sense, the purveyor of authenticity, the man who calls it right down the middle, Dion Tyree Gordon. Enough of the bullshit. Let's get to work. Versus Battle, August 3rd, Hulu Theater, Madison Square Garden, the Battle of New York, the City versus Upstate New York, Harlem versus Yonkers, Dipset versus the Locks. This is going to be fucking fire. We are one day, T-minus 24 hours to the battle commences. I can't wait. I've been anticipating this all week. This is right up my alley. This is right in my wheelhouse. I'm 36 years of age. I was very much into the 2000s hip-hop scene. I was very much a fan of both of these groups in anticipation for this battle. I've been up in the gym in the Iron Sanctuary of Gaines, pumping iron, getting it in with Dipset and Locks going through my Bose headphones in anticipation, getting ready for this monumental, momentous occasion, this celebration of New York hip-hop, East Coast real motherfucking hip-hop. Let me put some rules out right, right here right now. If you're under the age of 30, you can't fuck with this battle. This ain't for you. Sit this one out. Go listen to the brothers that rap about Xanax and popping pills while they're wearing their little sister's clothes. Go listen to that shit. Go, listen, go fuck with that mumble rap. That's your lane. Stay in that alley. If you're under the age of 30. I can't, you, you can't fuck with this battle. I can't fuck with you personally. You got to be a certain age from a certain era to even listen to and understand and really accept and embrace what this battle means to the hip-hop culture to really get what this is all about. If you never purchased weed, like a dime bag of weed out of a purple Ziploc bag, and then proceeded to roll that weed up in a green leaf honey dutch, then you can't fuck with this battle. I'm talking about the old school green leaf honey dutch master's box with the pictures of the Dutchman on the box. The strawberries, the green leaf honey dutch, the regular plain ones. If you don't know about that, this battle ain't for you. If you never downloaded a song off of LimeWire or Kazaa or Napster or KickAssTorrents.com or whatever, if you never spent an entire week downloading a mixtape because you had slow-ass dial-up internet, this battle ain't for you. Sit this one out. If you don't know about the Street Wars DVDs, man, salute to P.F. Cutting. If you don't know about the Street Wars DVDs, this battle ain't for you. If you don't know about the Smack DVDs, Okay, you might be a battle rap fan right now, but if you didn't get your start watching the Smack DVDs, if you never seen Loaded Lux and Murder Mook, Murder Mook and Party Artie, rest in peace Party Artie, if you don't know about that, this battle ain't for you. If you ain't from that era, if you never wore 4XL throwback jerseys, 5XL white tees that you bought from an African brother trafficking mad goods, Somebody selling clothes, DVDs, CDs, artwork, toothpaste, condoms, whatever, out of a white van, and most of that shit was stolen. If you don't know about that, this battle ain't for you. If you wasn't walking around somewhere between 2001 and 2004 with a NASCAR jacket on, knowing damn well your black ass ain't watched one lap of a NASCAR race, this battle ain't for you. I had a Dale Earnhardt good wrench jacket back in the day. A brother stole that shit from me. I caught him and beat the dog shit out of him. Because that jacket meant that much to me. If you wasn't walking around with a NASCAR jacket on, this battle ain't for you. If you wasn't walking around 
with jeans on. They had a patch representing all 30 teams in the National Basketball Association. This battle ain't for you, bro. Sit this one out. If you a fan of nerd rap, if you like brothers like Logic and Hobson and Tech 9 Immortal Technique, etc. If you like hearing cats rap about the Pythagorean theorem and Egyptian pyramids and the hypotenuse of the pi equals MC squared or wherever the fuck. If you like hearing shit like that, that's fine, but this battle ain't for you. This battle's for the regular, everyday, blue-collar, nine-to-five brothers that at some point in their life worked in a warehouse. This battle's for the brothers that was driving around in their car and they whip in the mid-2000s banging shit out the speakers, out their out they trunk of their car, listening to Dipset and the Locks and G-Unit and Jay-Z when he was fire and the good Eminem when he was fire and Stack Bundles, rest in peace Stack Bundles, man. If you don't know about Stack Bundles, you can't fuck with this battle. R.I.P. Stack Bundles forever and always. R.I.P. Stack Bundles, man, squad up. You got to be from a certain era, cut from a certain cloth, even fuck with this battle and understand the gravity, the magnitude of what a dip set versus locks versus battle truly represents. These are living legends. These are pillars of the culture. These are representatives of what hip hop truly means and represents. You can't get any better than this. This is a great matchup. Maybe it might dip set versus G unit. That would be a great matchup too. But this is also a great matchup in its own right. Locks versus Dipset, Jada, Sheik, Styles versus Cam, Santana, Jim Jones, Freaky Ziki, Hellrail, J.R. Ryder, Zaza, whoever wants to show up, 40 Cal, A Mafia, whoever wants to show up for this battle, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be phenomenal. This is going to be hip-hop history happening in real time for the entire world and watch and enjoy and just take it and embrace. I, I really can't wait to watch this battle. I'm a fan of both groups, and I can't wait to watch this whole thing unfold. Before I go any further, I just want to detail the rules of the versus battle and kind of give a little backstory, a little history to it for those who don't know. Versus is an American webcast series created by producers Timbaland and Swiss Beats that airs on Versus TV. Versus was introduced during the COVID-19 pandemic as a virtual DJ battle with Timbaland and Swiss Beats facing off in its first iteration through an Instagram live broadcast in March 2020. It has since evolved into a platform where integral parts of black culture and black music culture have squared off against each other playing their best hits against each other. And pretty much it's a celebration of black music and black culture uh, through, the, through the lens of a competition through a battle. So it's a friendly battle, I guess you could say. It's not like a true cutthroat battle. No one really hates each other. Both artists or both groups who come into it agree to this. So they have a friendly rapport with each other. But it's a battle. It's a competition to see who has the most hits in the better musical catalog. Uh, since the first one with... Timberland and Swiss Beats, we've seen a number of high-profile artists participate in these versus battles. We've seen Teddy Riley versus Babyface. We've seen Earth, Wind, and Fire versus the Isley Brothers. We've seen Gladys Knight versus Patti LaBelle. We've seen Ashanti versus uh, Keisha Cole. We've seen Erica Badu versus Jill Scott. That was one of my favorite ones. That was a neo-soul grown-ass woman versus battle. I love both of them sisters profusely. I would marry either one of them. 
I will suck a fart out of the ass of either one of them. I mean that with the utmost sincerity. We saw Red and Meth on 420 going against each other. We saw Raekwon and Ghost going against each other. We saw the late, great DMX square off with Snoop Dogg in a, versus, a legendary versus battle a year ago. We've seen Jada Kiss and Fabulous. So for Jada, this won't even be his first versus battle. He's, he's a veteran, I guess, at this sort of thing. He already went up against Fabulous and washed him, by the way. I don't know what the fuck Fab was doing. Fab didn't play like... A lot of his hit records, he played a lot of mixtape joints that nobody ever heard of before. And Jada Kiss came out there and just kicked his ass in that versus battle. That shit was ugly. But my personal favorite, what I personally believe to be the best versus battle I've seen since the inception of this format, the Jamaican versus battle of Bounty Killer versus Beanie Man. That shit was epic. That shit was legendary. That shit was incredible. That was awesome. Everything about it, the performance level of both these brothers just was at a higher level than anybody and everybody else I've seen in the versus battle in the current format. They took it to a whole other level. I watched that versus at least three times. I watched it the, uh, the, when it first aired, the original uh, versus battle. I watched it the day after. I watched it a week after. I think I watched it two more times after that. So I watched it about five times. That versus was fire. At one point, the police showed up and intervened because this was during COVID, and there was a lot of people at this battle. Uh, well, not a whole lot, but there was like a number of folks on hand, on site for this versus battle with with Beanie Man and Bounty Killer. Uh, the police intervened in Jamaica because they had too many people when they exceeded the COVID nineteen rules. Beanie Man peacefully ran off this cop mid-performance and then kept performing and kept doing his thing along with Bounty Killer. These brothers performed for two hours. They set a whole new standard, a whole new level of excellence, a whole new level of performance for the versus battle. And I really feel like these brothers don't get enough credit for what they did. When I, whenever I hear folks talk about their favorite versus battles. I don't hear too many folks talk about Beanie Man and Bounty Killer. I don't understand why. Maybe they just didn't understand the words these cats were saying because they are Jamaican. They're speaking with a heavy accent. Whatever. I don't give a fuck what they're saying. They could have been rapping in sign language. These cats performed. They gave you your money's worth and the shit was free. They gave you everything they could possibly give you. The performance level was A1. The bands are back and forth. You can tell they're cool with each other. The songs they did. I'm a fan of reggae. I love reggae music. I'm a fan of both of these cats. I'm a fan of Sizzler, Barrington Levy. I'm a fan of Junior Reed. I'm a fan of Damian Marley. I'm a fan of so many brothers and sisters in the reggae culture. And it was so it was it was refreshing to watch this. And for me personally, that was my favorite versus battle. That shit was fire. Salute the Beanie Man. Salute the Bounty Killer. Awesome. Great work, great content, great performance, great everything. So with all that being said, now we shift our focus to the Dipset Locks battle going on August 3rd, Hulu Theater, Madison Square Garden, New York City. Now we got to ask the question, who do I think is going to win? Well, first of all, let me clarify something for a lot of people out there. This is not a battle to see who the better rappers are. If we're talking about who are the better, more fundamentally sound, more technically skilled rappers, then Locks wins that in a runaway. Sheet, Styles, and Jadakiss, most notably, are better individual and collective rappers than Dipset are. 
They're better lyricists than Dipset are. But that's not what this is about. This is about who has the better catalog, who has more hit records, who has more songs people vibe with. Locks are better rappers. Dipset makes better music. So in the guise of this format, Dipset should win this battle, quote-unquote battle. That's just my opinion. When I listen to Dipset and Locks, there's songs I love from both groups, from both entities. With that being said, there's more Dipset songs I like than Locks songs or D-Block, whatever you want to call them. Dipset has great music with each other. They don't have to rely too much on features. Now, if you want to talk about hit records from the Locks, most of that is features. Most of that is on the strength of somebody else that's a bigger star than them. Either Biggie or or DMX, whoever. Mariah Carey, the Honey remix back in the day. Because I hear a lot of folks saying, well, Locks can play all about the Benjamins. Well, that's a Biggie Smalls record. And it's got Lil' Kim on it. It's got Puff Daddy on it. Well, they can play the Honey remix. Well, that's a Mariah Carey record. They could play the Jenny from the Block remix or whatever. That's a Jennifer Lopez record. Like most of Locks' hit records are with someone that's a bigger star than them. Dipset's hit records are with each other. So when Cameron plays Old Boy, that's him and Santana. Or he can play Hey Ma, that's him and Santana. Dipset Anthem is Santana and Cameron. And by the way, Dipset Anthem is our official national anthem. Um, some of y'all folks can observe and take notice and salute the fraudulent national anthem written by Francis Scott Key. Fuck that anthem. My personal national anthem is the Dipset Anthem. Let's make sure that's clear and understood from this point going forward. But my point is Dipset has more hit records, and that's what this is about. This is about hit records. This is not who the better rappers are. Ken Ryan by himself has about nine or ten songs it could play. It could play 357. It could play Horse and Carriage. It could play Let Him Know. And that's all before Dipset officially was started. The songs I already said, Hey Ma, Old Boy, Dipset Anthem, I Really Mean It. You could play Down and Out with Selena Johnson, produced by Kanye West. I mean, Cam has a lot of songs. You could play Welcome to New York City. You could play The Rock, This Fire Burns. I mean, there's a lot of records that Cam can play by himself. Now, you talk about Santana. He has a song called Santana. That was a hit record he could play. He could play Dipset, My Town. He could play Mic Check, 1212. He could play Clockwork. I mean, pretty much what the game's been missing, his first solo record, I, I think that went platinum, and that was a crazy record. I was playing the fuck out that song. I mean, I played a lot of Dipset back in the day in my car, in my 95 Mercury Mystique that I paid 650 bucks for but spent $1,200 on chrome rims on and 500 bucks on getting the window tinted and about 1000 on the fucking sound system with the 13-inch subwoofers and the capacitor and the booming bass and all that. You know, I spent like 2500 on this car total that I paid 650 bucks for, but I was destroying it every day from the way I was driving it and how, how loud I was playing my music in the car. And most of that was Dipset. I mean, I was a part of the movement. I was firmly invested in what Dipset was doing. They made great music. Jim Jones, you know, here's the thing about the versus battles. It's not just about what you did as a solo artist. It's about what you did as a collective artist 
or any song you wrote and produced, whatever song you might have been a part of, you can play that song. Each group gets between 10 and 20 songs that can play. I think it's 20 for this one. So both Locks and Dipset will get 20 songs that can play. And like I said, that includes group records, and that includes solo records. So you factor in what Cam has done as a solo artist, what Santana has done as a solo artist. Then you talk about Jim Jones. I mean, you play Ballin', that's arguably the biggest song Dipset had, period. The, the highest profile, most successful record was Ballin'. Whenever Jones plays that, because he will play that, the crowd's going to go crazy. This is a crowd. This is at New York City. This is a crowd primarily full of New Yorkers. Brothers going to be in there with Tim's on and all black Air Forces and Uptowns and all that type of shit. They're going to be in there wilding. They're going to go crazy once Ballin' gets played. And to be fair to the locks, like I said, I'm a fan of both of these groups. I love both. I love everybody involved in this battle. That's why I'm so hyped, so geeked up, for, so siced for this battle. Because I, I love both artists involved. And that's been consistent with most of the versus battles. I love both artists involved. As I mentioned before, with the Jamaican battle with Beanie Man and Bounty Killer, I love both of them brothers. With Red and Meth, same thing. Raekwon and Ghost, same thing. I love both of them brothers. I'm just a fan. I'm just listening to the music. I'm just enjoying what I'm hearing right now. This is my era. This is what I grew up on. This is what I'm familiar with. This is what I listen to on a regular basis. 10, 15, 20 years after the songs came out originally, this is what I like. This is right in my wheelhouse. As I said earlier, this is what I fuck with. The current crop of hip-hop that's out right now, that ain't for me, man. I'm 36. I ain't one of these old brothers that be trying to like dig back to my youth, be going through a midlife crisis, be trying to identify with cats 10, 15, young, 10, 15 years younger than me. I ain't one of them cats, man. Um, I'm a grown-ass man. I deal with what I know, what I understand, what I like. I don't feel the need to try to, you know, embrace or, or try to live up my youth or whatever or try to pretend I'm still 21. I'm not 21 anymore. I like what I like. And it's the type of shit I was raised on. It's the type of shit I was fucking with when I was 21, heavily. Locks and dipset. You know, with, with as far as the locks are concerned, I first discovered them when they were on Bad Boy Records when they first came out. If You Think I'm Jiggy, that was a great song. I fuck with that song. And you talk about what they did on the All About the Benjamins remix, or the original version, I'm sorry. Like I said, it's a Biggie Smalls record, but they contributed to that record, so they can and they should play that song because the crowd will react to that song as well. People will go crazy once that All About the Benjamin beat uh, is played. Once that song comes on, people will, will react to that. Uh, the Honey remix, like I already said, they transitioned from Bad Boy to Rough Riders. Whenever the locks plays Wild Out, I don't know if they should begin with that. I don't know if they should close with that, but they definitely will and should play that. That song is fucking crazy. Wild Out is one of the hardest rap records I ever heard in my entire life. That beat, the way they flow to that song, everything about it. That was the perfect way to introduce themselves on Rough Rider Records because when they broke off a of Bad Boy, you know they were wearing the shiny suits. They were a part of the Bad Boy image. Puff Daddy made them wear the shiny suits and look a certain way. And if you remember, you go back to their, they were on tour Rough Riders back in the day. They had a concert where they came out wearing the shiny suits initially and then took that shit off symbolically as a way to show the crowd and show the entire world that's not who we are. That's who we were. 
That's the image we were told to portray, but that's not who we are. It's not who we, who we really represent. That's not what we're about. We're going to show you what we're about. So they come out with the shiny suits on, took that shit off, and they proceeded to be themselves, and the rest is history. Both these groups played an integral part in hip-hop history. You cannot tell the story of hip-hop music without talking about the locks and without talking about Dipset slash D-Block. The mixtapes they put out, the albums they put out, the solo records they put out, the impact on the culture, the movement that Dipset had, the influence they had. You had brothers walking around wearing all pink, trying to be like Cameron. You had cats walking around with big-ass clothes, size 5X hats, you know, it's baggy ass jeans, throwback jerseys on, white tees, and et cetera. Trying to look like, trying to be like Dipset. I had a t-shirt back in the day. I had a Diplomats t-shirt back in the day. I wore that shit like once a week. I was all about these cats, man. And same thing with the locks, man. I was all about them. Every time a new D-Block mixtape came out, I made sure I got that. Jada Kiss's first record, Kiss the Game Goodbye. What? That's the best record Jada Kiss ever put out. Because Jada was always someone that I felt like was a great rapper, still is a great rapper. I mean, if you want to put together an all-time top 10, top 15, top 20 list, and you want to put Jada Kiss on that list, I'm not going to be mad at you. My only fault with Jada is that I never felt like he really put it together for an entire album. The closest he got to that was his first record, Kiss the Game Goodbye. That record is almost flawless. You talk about put your hands up. You talk about fucking or what. You talk about it's time I see you. You talk about show discipline, the song featuring Nas. You talk about knock yourself out. You talk about we gonna make it. That's another song. With, as far as the loss of concern, that's the song I feel like they should close with. I feel like they should open up with Wild Out. I feel like they should close out with we gonna make it with Jada Kiss and, and Styles. And some point in the mix of that, Lost gonna play Locked Up with Styles and, and featuring Akon. That was Akon's song, actually. But Lost and, and Styles and Akon on that record. They should play Locked Up, and they definitely gotta play Get High and Gangsta and the Gentleman from, from Styles. As far as Sheik is concerned, his really only hit song that people really know would be Two Guns Up. That's featuring Jada and Styles. Taking nothing away from Sheik. I love Sheik. I'm a big fan of Sheik. I'm a fan of all the whole group. I was a fan of Jay Hood back in the day. Uh, I doubt Jay Hood's going to make an appearance, but I was a huge fan of Jay Hood back in the day. I had both his mixtapes that came out. A uh, huge fan of him. I just feel like, like I said, it's a hits battle. So I feel like Dipset has more hits than, than Locks do. Locks are better rappers. Dipset has more hit records. Because you got the individual records from Cam, Jones, and Santana, then you have the group records that they can also play. They have more group success and more longevity. Well, I won't say more longevity, but more group success, more hit records as a group than the Locks slash D-Block have. Once again, not to take anything away from the Locks. I love them. I'm a huge fan of them. I salute their longevity, what they've contributed to the culture. I've been listening to them for a long time. Money, Power, Respect is another song that's going to get the crowd hype. People are going to lose it when they hear that record. Money, Power, and Respect, one of the craziest hip-hop records I ever heard. Jada Kiss on that song was incredible. 
you know, my man hopped on the track and was like, nothing but the hotness. Whenever we drop this monotonous for y'all to keep hating because you're never going to stop this. I keep my rock spotless and my hoes topless. Take time, try to figure out who the locks is. Fear no one. Kick rhymes like Shogun. You scared to blow one. Get robbed with your own gun. If I don't respect you, I'm going to check you. If I don't kiss you, I'm going to peck you. Right before I wet you, sneeze on tracks and bless you. I'm special. If you like working out, then I'm going to stretch you. Hustling is dead, but we still get red. Turn the spots into bakeries to get back bread. And y'all said my money spent, but it's in the bent. So when the feds come, the dogs can't get a cent. And my story, self-explanatory, that I'm the hottest thing on the street. And y'all ain't got nothing for me. I've been a fan ever since I fucking heard that. That's hip-hop. That's lyricism. That's what I was talking about on my DMX podcast. That's what I want to hear when I sit down and listen to a hip-hop record. That is confident aggression. That's someone rapping as if to say, I'm the man. I'm number one. Can't none of y'all out here fuck with me. I'm the best rapper walking the streets. I sell more drugs than you do. I'll take your bitch from you. I'll beat your motherfucking ass. I'll shoot you. I'll stab you. I'll fuck you up. This, that, and the third. That's the kind of shit I like to hear. Confident aggression. I'm the best rapper in the world. No one out here can fuck with me. And that's both groups represent that confident aggression that I like to hear. That's why I'm such a fan of both of these entities. Dipset, Locks, D-Block, whatever you want to call them. They both rap with confident aggression. You think about the way Cam was flowing on that Dipset anthem. Just simple shit like Cam saying, yeah, I must clown. I'm from Harlem Uptown where we flash money, take your bitch and ask you what now. That's the kind of shit I want to hear, man. That's what I want to hear. Just arrogant, cocky, braggadocious shit. I'm the man. I'll take your bitch and you ain't going to do nothing about it. I'll slap the dog shit out you if you even try to do something about it. That's what I want to hear. Arrogant, cocky, braggadocious shit. I can listen to different styles of hip-hop. I like conscious hip-hop, too. I'm a big fan of Public Enemy, Talib Kweli, Common, Most Def, Pharaoh Monch. I'm a fan of shit like that. I love that shit. I love when brothers rap with a message to their shit. I love being educated in hip-hop. I love Nas, all that. KRS-One, I love all that. Arrested Development, I'm a big fan of them from back in the day. You know, there's different ways to go about this. I would, never, I would never try to pigeonhole somebody into this one specific way of rapping and say you only have to rap like this. But for the brothers who do rap about the cars and the jewelry and the money and the bitches and all that shit, I'm not going to knock that because hip-hop is the, the language of the streets. And you take brothers who grew up with nothing and overnight you give them everything, for the average brother, what they going to rap about? What are they going to talk about? They're going to talk about being flashy, being overly braggadocious, the money, the jewels, the cars, the bitches, all that shit. They're going to rap about that. I personally don't have a problem with it. Like I said, you can rap about whatever you want to rap about, but there's a certain flow, a certain performance level, a certain delivery, a certain diction, a certain cadence that I personally like to hear people rap with, and I classify that as a confident aggression. I want you to sound confident and masculine in the way that you're rapping. Sound like you are the fucking man, and nobody out here can fuck with you, even on your worst day. And everybody in Dipset and everybody in the Locks 
perfectly represents the way I like to hear motherfuckers rap. I'm the man, and none of y'all out here can fuck with me. I love both of these groups. I hope the other people show up. Oh, J.R. Ryder shows up. I mean, let's be real about the situation. What else does J.R. Ryder have going on in the year 2021? He ain't got nothing else to do. He should show up to this battle. I want to see J.R. Ryder, the writer of writers, show up for this battle. Hopefully, Jay Hood can show up. I know he has some animosity with the members of the locks from back in the day. And some things went awry and didn't go the way they were supposed to go. And, you know, like I said, different animosity within the group. But it'd be nice if Jay Hood showed up. It'd be nice if Hell Rell showed up. It'd be nice if Hell Rell could take a break from his busy schedule of getting his ass kicked over $50 to show up for this versus battle, lay down a few tracks. I don't think people truly remember or understand or appreciate how great Hell Rell was. Hell Rell was always my favorite member of the Dipset. That Streets Wanna Know mixtape, if you don't know about that, you need, you need to know about that. That Streets Wanna Know mixtape was fucking fire. No other way to put it. No ifs, ands, or buts. That Streets Wanna Know mixtape was hip-hop personified. That was confident aggression. Hell Rell rapped with confident aggression. Now, the way he lives in real life don't really mirror that. You know, his actions don't really match up with his words. Him being Ruger Rell and rapping about all these guns he got and all the shit he'll do and the goons he got on deck. And then you see a video of him getting chased out of a, a Chinese all-you-can-eat buffet eating with his family and getting beat up and punched out and lined up and all this, that, and the third. But but for the music that he made, I was a huge, and still am a huge fan of Hell Rell's music. You know, it would be nice if he showed up and, you know, he can do like one or two songs. Wouldn't you like to be a gangster too off the Diplomatic Community record? He can do that. Uh, he can do the Line of Fire with J.R. Ryder. Man, I would fucking, I would jump out my skin if, Hell Rell and J.R. Ryder came on stage during this battle and did the line of fire. That song is crazy. This battle was going to be crazy. No other way to put it, man. Both rec- both groups got records and hit songs and so much they've contributed to the culture. Like I said, like I've been saying this whole podcast, I think Dipset has more hit records than the Locks do, but the Locks ain't no slouches either. They got plenty of material they can play. Uh, I think it's a great matchup. I think it's a great celebration of the culture. I think it's a great representation of the culture. I think both groups have really done so much and accomplished so much. And it's it's nice. You know, for hip-hop, we don't really embrace or respect our elders in our culture. Unlike other genres of music, I've been saying this for years, like a rock and roll group can go on tour right now and sell out a basketball arena or maybe even a football stadium with somewhere between 20,000 to 80,000 people. I've seen Kenny Chesney, a country music artist, go on tour to SEC football stadiums all over the South and sell out all these venues with excess of over 80,000 people to watch him perform his music. Country artists and country fans respect their elders. They respect guys like Kenny Chesney and Garth Brooks and people like that. Rock and roll fans respect Metallica and folks like that. They can go on tour still to this day. Ozzy Osbourne with the Ozfest. Ozfest goes on tour and still brings out massive amounts of people to watch his shows. 
Hip-hop, for whatever reason, we don't respect our elders. We don't respect the brothers and the sisters who paved the way and laid the foundation. So that's one of the reasons why it's so cool to me to see these versus battles, because we are, in effect, paying homage and giving our due respect and proper amount of respect to these artists, to these groups, to these solo acts, to these brothers and sisters who gave us so much work and so much material and so many great memories over the years. We're paying them their proper respect and allowing them the venue and the platform to, to display their talent and play their hit records and reminisce. It's so great. It's so awesome. And I really do wish that more people in the hip-hop culture would do a better job of paying respect and giving homage to the cats from back in the day who really gave us so much great material and so many great memories and so much great music. I really wish this was more prevalent. Like I said, I envy, not so much envy, but I always take notice of country music and rock and roll and metal and the way they pay homage and give proper amount of respect and deference to the members and the pillars of their culture and the people who set the groundwork in place for, for those artists to still thrive and be successful, I wish we did that more often in hip-hop. So that's, the to me, the best part of these versus battles is the fact that we give that proper respect to the artists who gave us so much throughout the years. Give people their flowers while they're still living. Recognize Cameron and Joel Santana and Jim Jones and Hell Row and J.R. Ryder and Freaky Ziki and Uncasa and Zaza and A Mafia. Recognize them for how great they were in the music they put out. Recognize Jada Kiss, recognize Sheik Looch, recognize Styles P and J Hood and anybody and everybody else affiliated with the Locks and D Block. Recognize these brothers and sisters and give them their flowers while they're still listening, while they're still living. You got to put it in the proper context. This is hip-hop we're talking about. And this year alone, we've lost many vital members of our culture. We've lost DMX. We just recently lost Bismarck Key about two weeks ago. We lost Shock G from Digital Underground. We lost Black Rob. You know, these cats, are they're not getting any younger. They're getting older. And hip-hop artists don't really take proper care of themselves. Let's just be honest about the situation. All that partying and drinking and fucking bitches and smoking and everything else they did back in the day, the hardcore lifestyle they lived, on the road, touring 365 days of the, of the year, you know, doing the things they do and, and did and taking everything in, in excess, you know, eventually it catches up with you. And a lot of these cats have unfortunately succumbed to the, the, the lifestyle that was so prevalent back in the days and the lifestyle that they lived so for the cats that are still living, give them their flowers. Give them their proper respect. Acknowledge them. Recognize them. Salute them. And just tell them that they're great while they're still here to receive the, 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 the compliment and the encouragement. I'm a firm believer in that. And I just really wish more people shared the same sentiment of giving people their flowers while they're still living, especially black people. Like I said, I really just don't understand. I don't like the fact that we don't respect and appreciate our elders the same way other members of other genres of music do. And for whatever reason in hip-hop, we feel like rappers have a shelf life, have an age limit, and we got to push people out the back door to make way for the new artists coming in. To me, there's room for everybody. A new artist can eat the same way an old artist can eat. There's room for NBA young boy or the baby, a little baby, this, just like there's room for Red Man and Method Man and Ghostface Killer and everybody else. There's room for everybody. There's money to be made. 
you know, when I heard I heard a story about the baby uh, who recently made some homophobic comments that Lollapalooza, whatever Costa he was doing, said some things about the alphabet community that obviously didn't go over well, and people, you know, gave him a lot of backlash, a lot of flack for it. And Quest Love, the drummer from the legendary Roots band, called him out on this bullshit. And the baby said, I don't know who Quest Love is. That's shameful. That's fucking sad that you would even say something like that. No rock artist would say something about that about a rock star. No country artist would say something about that about a veteran country artist. Only in hip hop. Are we trained and conditioned and allowed to disrespect our elders and act as if we don't know who they are? What do you mean you don't know who Questlove is? Questlove is one of the most important figures in hip-hop history. If you're the baby, you just got here. Only about two years ago, you just got here. You're brand new to this. Questlove been around since the late 80s. Questlove told a story that resonated with me. The first time I heard it and still does resonate with me, he said he took off work. He was working at a record store in New York City. He called in sick, took off a day of work just to go by public enemies. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back just so we could spend an entire day listening to this record. I did the exact same thing. I was working at Toys R Us Warehouse back in 2008. And when Sean Price, the late great Sean Price, rest in peace Sean Price, who was one half of legendary Helter Skelter alongside Rockness Monster, when Helter Skelter came out with their record Dirt, the incredible rap team, in September 2008, in anticipation for this, I put in a PTO day to be off work on the day the album was going to be released because I was not trying to be at work stacking boxes in a truck while this album came out, I took off work. I put in two weeks in advance to take off work to hear this record so I could sit home, get high, and listen to this album. That's how much it meant to me. That's hip-hop. That's love right there. So when Questlove told that story, it actually motivated me to do that because I was like, you know, I'm the same way. I love hip-hop. I love true, real, authentic, honest hip-hop music. And when this album coming out that I've been heavily anticipating, I've been waiting on from two of my favorite rappers from Rock and Ruck, Helter Skelter, Sean Price, Rottenness Monster, Duck Down Records, salute to all them cats over there. When that record came out, I wanted nothing else to do in life in that moment, in that time period, but to listen to this album. So I took off work to listen to this record. It's been a while since a hip-hop record came out that would motivate me to do that. I don't think it's happened in the past decade. But in 2008, that's where I was at with mine. That's where Questlove was with his in 1988. And I think it's fucking absurd and blasphemous, ridiculous, asinine, and flat-out stupid for someone like the baby who's a visitor. I won't say a visitor, but you're brand new to the culture. You just got here, and you can be replaced because you're a part of this cookie-cutter, fast-food genre and era of hip-hop music. You can be replaced for someone like you to say something about Questlove, a veteran, an icon, a pillar of the culture, to me is insane and disrespectful. And I really wish people in, in our culture, in the hip-hop community, black people, let's just say that, I really wish brothers and sisters would stop disrespecting veteran artists of our culture, the storytellers, the philosophers, 
the elders, the people who paved the way and laid the foundation for what hip-hop is right now, whatever hip-hop is right now, it wouldn't be what it is right now if it wasn't for the folks who set the foundation 30, 40 years before. Started with Cool Herc in the Bronx in New York and went through the 80s, through all the underground house parties, b-boying, DJing, graffiti artists, MC, and the four elements of hip-hop. If you don't have all of that, you don't have what you have right now. So it baffles me when people don't pay the proper respect to the veterans, the elders of hip-hop music. And then once again, that's why I'm so happy and so grateful for this platform of the Versus Battles because it pays proper homage and proper respect to the folks who laid the foundation for the culture for what it is right now. Give these people their flowers while they're still living. Dipset versus Locks. August 3rd, Hulu Theater, Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fire. I can't wait. It's a cultural moment. These are icons. These are people who are relevant to the culture forever and always. Like I said earlier, you cannot tell the story of hip-hop music without talking about Dipset or The Locks. Give them their proper respect. Listen to the versus battle August 3rd, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Pacific, where I live at in the great state of California. The overpriced, overly expensive state of California, but nonetheless, I digress. Six o'clock Pacific time out here. I'll be tuned in. I'll be locked in. You should be tuned in and locked into the Dion Gordon podcast. If you are, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Eternally grateful, always humble, very much appreciative. Picture me rolling. I'm out. <laughs>